Today we have Evan Holiday on the show. Do you want to learn more about becoming an affordable housing developer? Evan Holiday is 31 years old and he's been focused on real estate since he was 19. His expertise is being an established affordable housing developer. He believes there is a large need for quality affordable housing in the U.S. He innovates by leveraging thought leadership platforms such as his monumental podcast and his coaching mastermind group to help educate people on the cause and teach people how they can become successful as an affordable housing developer. This podcast provides you with direct insight so that you too can take action towards achieving your goals. Before we jump into the intro, if you have interest in learning how to invest passively, check out my five-step process for passively investing in real estate. You can download it for free by going to darrenbatchelder.com backslash learn and then select the free PDF. Now, onto the intro. Welcome to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show. Each week, you will learn how to grow your wealth through real estate investing, be introduced to the players that are getting it done, and learn how you can get involved. And now, here's your host, Darren Batchelder. A little background on Evan Holiday before we start the show. Evan started as a pre-med student, but he had such a curiosity for real estate that he pivoted and went all in on real estate. He's a big believer in tenacity and persistence. He's also a big believer in marketing a concept before you build it. Evan is a highly accomplished investor in over 1,400 units, and he has a heart for teaching others how to get involved. Now, onto the show. Hello, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest. We've got Evan Holiday here with us today. Evan, appreciate you coming on the show. Yes, thank you for having me, Darren. I'm glad to be here and excited to share some value. Fantastic. So just a little bit on how I know Evan uh, before we get started. So um, I actually was on, so Evan has a podcast, Monumental Podcast, and we'll be talking about that. Um, but I was a guest on his show maybe two or three years ago after I did my first syndication deal. And, um, you know, he was just extremely kind and shared a lot of info. So when we stopped the recording, I was picking his brain on like, hey, what's the deal with podcast? And, and he gave me a bunch of great advice. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Um, but appreciate you coming on. Hey, to start out with, can you share how many properties and how many units uh, you're currently invested in? Yeah, so over the last 10 years, I've worked on over 1,400 units. Uh, we currently hold uh, interest in just over 400 units, and we've developed over the years eight properties. We currently have ownership in four. So 10 years, man. I I'm sorry to do this to you, but you look like a young guy. <laughs> so when did you start? At like 16? Come on now. Yeah. How old are you? I was, I was eight years old when I got started. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm 51. <laughs> you look like you're half my age, my friend. Um, so good, how old there. are you? What's that? 
I said, you're doing good for 51. All right. All right. Good. <laughs> so how old are you and when did you get started? Uh, I am 31 years old. I got started. 31. Really. I was like 19. So. Um, Holy cow. Yeah. I, I was lucky, you know, fortunate, whatever you call it. But uh, yeah, I figured out I love real estate in college. I was going down the pre-med route of all things and realized really? science and chemistry. Yeah. But I, I saw the student housing development. I was like, I don't know what it is, but that's pulling, yeah, it's pulling me towards it. And I just gravitated towards it and convinced the developer to hire me. And uh, one thing led to another and now I'm 10 years in. Fantastic. Hey, let's, uh, I wasn't planning on doing this, but let's, you know, a lot of people come up with excuses on why they can't be successful. Right. And uh, I, forget the name of the book, but it was like think big, um, bigger thinking, whatever it is. And it talks about age, you know, so there's younger people that are like, look, I'm too young. I don't have the experience. I don't have the money. Then there's people that are too old. I am too old. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, there's all kinds of different reasons why not to get started. But you started at 19. You went and First thing you did, it sounds like, is you convinced a developer to take you on. <laughs> so talk about you along the the route. You must come along a lot of other young people that are that kind of use that excuse. And and how do you counter that? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I have got that question quite a bit, um, especially on TikTok of all places. Um, is that right? But, yeah, uh, we're, we've been making a push on TikTok lately, um, but the really the root of it for me in that situation. And, and, and honestly, I was kind of like a, I was, it was kind of a weird college experience for me in some ways. Cause I was like, I, I want to like work. I want to get dirty. I want to do things. I want to build things. I want to break things. And, uh, and so I still had fun in college, but I was always looking for that fix of like, how can I do something? How can I learn something? How can I gain responsibility and how can I take leadership? Um, and that for me was the development world. And I think, I think in what I tell people is like, you got to find your, what makes you super curious, like, you know, chase the curiosity because the curiosity is going to help you push you and, and help you put in the work when you maybe wouldn't otherwise want to. It's that curiosity that drives us all. Um, and that's what drove me. I like, I didn't know what it was, but I was like, I'm curious, how do they do developments? How do they change communities? How do they invest, you know, 50, in this case, it was $55 million dollars. Like what, what do they do with all that money? How do they make that money into a building? And that all of that curiosity just really pushed me to basically like knock on the developer's door until he would give me a job. And, uh, and he didn't, he, and the crazy thing was he didn't even give me a job. He said, Hey, prove yourself. And, uh, and so I How'd basically had to, had to get a bunch of people out to his groundbreaking. He had a big groundbreaking event and, uh, he expected me to get like 20 or 30 people. I think we ended up getting like close to 200 and, uh, Whole, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that was really like, that's what helped him, uh, hire me. But also even after that, he like, you know, I couldn't get a hold of him for like six months. I still had to keep calling him. Uh, I don't know, you know, I think it's just having that like mixture of curiosity and persistence and realizing that like you really, anybody can get anything they want. You just have to, be able to not give up or like, you know, put in the will long enough so that you get the outcome and knowing that you can actually have it. 
I think that's that's awesome. I I think you're the first person that used that word curiosity, and and I think that that's a great word that curiosity drives kind of your passion, right? And and um, but there's a lot of people that are curious. There's a lot of people that have an itch inside them, but then they let something hold them back, you know, from, so you didn't only have the curiosity, you went and knocked on the door, said, what do I need to do? And then you over-delivered. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. I, and I think too, like trying to get creative, um, you know, we were hiring uh, somebody on our development team and I was speaking to uh, one of his references. I love this story because uh, it, 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 you know, I was already kind of sold on him as, as just being a rock star and joining our development team. But when I heard this story, it just sealed the deal. So he, uh, right out of college, was working at CBRE and was selling retail space. And he would just walk up and down. You know, he had kind of the low end of the totem pole. So he had to basically go out and, and search for new clients. And... Um, he would walk up and down these strip centers all day long, all day, all night, and eventually would walk into, uh, he walked into this big, uh, big potential client and took one of his shoes that had a hole in it and said, see this shoe? Like, this is how hard I will work for you. Uh, and this is actually one of my shoes. And that got him the deal. And, and now even the guy at CBRE, like eight years later, is still telling that story and telling it to me. Um, so I think that's, that's the cool thing. Like if you can get creative, mix creativity with curiosity, with persistence, you have a, you know, winning formula that people aren't going to forget. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And add maybe confidence to it. So I, I read, um, and I didn't think I was going to like the book, to be honest with you. Um, Matthew McConaughey's book, green lights. And, but you know, he, he had confidence in himself. Like, and he told a story where he ended up going in um, for one of the John Grisham uh, movies and he was, you know, taught reading for a part and they said, you know, basically you're perfect for that part. Well, he had thought about it prior and he said, he actually asked the guy who you got for the lead. And he's like, you know what? We don't know yet. Do you have somebody in mind? He was like, yeah, me. And he was still like super, super, super junior, right? And three weeks later, they called him up and, and gave him the part. Now, well, if he didn't have the, you know, the thought and the confidence to actually ask for it, he most likely would not have gotten that gig. And then that movie propelled him forward. So... Um, I, I love all that, that, that you're talking about. Um, so you end up working for this developer and then how long before you transition from being an employee to actually being able to put some skin in the game? Yeah, good question. Uh, there were multiple steps in the process for me and, and I think everybody will have their own unique journey and mine really from working with that developer, I ended up um, segueing that into, I was taking entrepreneurship classes in college and they said, go start a business. And it was more or less just for a class, but I just had so much fun with it. I was like, let's really make this real. And so I helped lead a team. There's about five of us on the team and we did modular sustainable development where we did, we basically took houseboats, 
houseboat manufacturing plants in Kentucky. I went to University of Louisville and we took houseboat manufacturing plants and more or less took the same layout as a houseboat, but turned it into houses. Uh, we're putting them on foundations because they had the houseboat companies had laid off 1,100 skilled workers with the housing market crash. So they were looking at ways to bring people back on, online, uh, bring their facilities back online and give people jobs again, and also be able to provide affordable housing. So we basically kind of were like, well, let's, let's look at grants. Let's look at any sort of public funding we can get for this. And let's do a mix of housing. And we were very green. We really didn't know anything. We were just really scratching the surface. Um, but we realized we're like, hey, we might be onto something when we started winning competitions. Uh, and that's when we we're like, hey, let's take this out of a class and let's actually build this into a company. Uh, and that's, that was really the first time that I had skin in the game. And, and we were really trying to scale that up and find partners who knew what they were doing and had the capital. Um, and that's when one of the companies we were looking at partnering with, they're like, hey, how about you come work with us and, uh, and you can learn from us and, and we'll do deals together. And so, so right out of college, I started working for uh, a really, really now the largest affordable developer in the country and really cut my teeth there. Uh, it was kind of a sink or swim opportunity where they said, hey, you source deals and, you know, you can get a piece of the deal and you can make it happen. Or, you know, if you can't do that, then, you know, we'll, we'll send you on your way. And uh, it was a really <laughs> phenomenal experience. Sink I, I mean, or swim. Uh, yeah. I mean, really, I was 23 years old out in like Brownsville uh, and, and McAllen, Texas, looking for deals for affordable housing. Started down there, actually. I was like, first week on the job, they sent me down to Texas. And uh, I looked at sites in Louisiana and Mississippi and Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky, all over the Southeast, and eventually ended up in Tennessee and Louisiana and uh, basically ran their development division for those two states. So that is, you're 23 and now you're 31, so that's eight years ago. Let me see how I do math here. <laughs> so was that like 2014? Yep. 2014. Yeah, I think so, I started in 2013, end of 2013. 2013. So you're, you're at this development company. How long did you stay there? Uh, just under six years. That's a good long time, though. So that gave you a lot of experience. So... And while you were working there, you, you also, they gave you the opportunity to have skin in the game. So you learned yep. how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really the, the fortunate thing for me, I think most development companies don't give this opportunity to 23 year olds. I don't know, you know, what they saw in me. Maybe it was the, the crazy tenacity, persistence, um, that helped me get in the door with them, but they, they really threw me in the deep end from the very beginning with little to no experience. And, but, it, you know, it took a lot of mentorship. I, you know, I was constantly figuring out how to do deals, learning from their mistakes. They always said, they're like, you know, we made tens of millions of dollars worth of mistakes so that hopefully you can only make, you know, millions of dollars worth of mistakes. Right. Or, or maybe not any at all. Um, but it, I love that mindset of just saying, hey, look, these guys in, in total have done billions of dollars worth of real estate. You know, I couldn't find a better group to work with because I had at direct access to all the leadership. Um, that, that's amazing. That's amazing. Especially at your, your age, but you believed in yourself and you went after it. Um, you know, and I think that if, if you think about all the successful people, right, most successful people, they actually want to help somebody young and, 
you know, that, that has, you know, persistence and determination, they don't want to waste their time with somebody that's not going to do anything. But most entrepreneurs, they want to give back and they want to see the next guy come up the ranks. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I think if, if you show that tenacity, if you show that drive, if you show the commitment and the passion for whatever you're working on, then really the sky's the limit. Like, you know, I, I, look, I look for those guys now as being an entrepreneur and a CEO and a leader of our company. That's a big part of my job is finding people like that because um, we, want, we want leaders, we want young rock stars to grow with the company. Yeah, you actually told me before we actually got on that you were looking for, if you got, if your listeners, if you're a rock star in development or marketing, give this guy a call, um, right? You're looking for people in those areas, but they got to be rock stars. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that, Darren. Absolutely. So uh, 2019, you start your own company. Is that, is that when that happened? Yep. Summer of 2019. So... You know, doing a lot of interviews with syndicators that own thousands of units, and I've seen a trend in the last year. A lot of syndicators have talked about or have already started the transition, um, you know, from BC value-add deals to either buying A properties or starting to get into new development. I knew from social media that you were in you know, new development, but I kind of thought that it was like all these other people that it was the latest trend. People are moving that direction. Um, I didn't realize that you have, I mean, you have significant amount of experience under your belt with in that market. So um, how do you differentiate yourself from other people that are just starting to get into new development because you have all that experience? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think the, once you get to a certain point and, and you know, this Darren on the, on the syndication side, um, once you get to a certain level of having closed deals, having built relationships, you know, across the board from accountants to CEOs, to, to attorneys, to investors, um, once you build up and brokers too, um, once you build up that rapport and that relationship and that track record, uh, I think it's amazing. Oh, and, and then the other thing I'm completely forgetting about, but is a huge part of it too, is just, um, I think being able to, to help educate and be a thought leader in the space. So really our niche is within workforce, affordable housing, doing public private partnerships. We also do some market rate as well. And really kind of the cornerstone of all of that is really quality development and equitable development. So we're doing, you know, figuring out how we can do affordable housing for working class families and make it an actual affordable price point. Um, and we've gained a reputation from our education that we put out there from social media, from marketing, from, you know, YouTube, from podcasts um, to, you know, sitting down and talking to you right now, like this providing that experience for others, I think, has really that in our track record and doing what we say we're going to do uh, has lent itself to now where we get, you know, affordable leads all the time, um, which is, you know, a really blessing. And that's why we're looking for, for more rock stars because we have more <laughs> right. deals and more pipeline that we even have, have bandwidth. Um, Absolutely. So it's a great problem, so you, but yeah. You want to have be that thought leader in, in your space, in your market. So you get the call first. Um, 
you know, for, for a good opportunity. Hey, uh, you brought up that you, you know, you're in that affordable development um, area. You, I don't know if you've already started this or you're planning on coming out with it, but I mean, 31 years old and you're going to be coming out with a mentorship program or already have one um, called ADM and talk about that. And, you know, have you already started it? Is it, you know, coming out? What, what's the deal with that one? And, and uh, what do people learn? What, what's the value? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, yeah, honestly. Uh, so backtrack to 20, I guess it was last year, tw- middle of 2020. Uh, we, we just, you know, I think especially with all of our thought leadership going out there, all the content we're creating. And then also um, just the, honestly, the pandemic, uh, I think it, it brought to light the need for more affordable housing, more quality affordable housing, and how more families are being affected by that. And so we just, we honestly got an outpouring of people reaching out to us saying, hey, Evan, you're, you're the only person I know I see online talking about affordable housing. You know, I, I would love for you to teach me how to do what you do. And I was like, well, I'd love to, but, you know, I don't really have the time or, you know, the, we don't have a program set up and we don't really have any education specifically on like step by step. And then sure. eventually we had enough people ask us, we're like, you know what, maybe we should create this. Maybe there is an audience for this. Um, it's very niche specific, but we realized we're like, there's a whole world of, you know, real estate investors that want to get into affordable, want to get into tax credits, want to get into public private partnerships, but have no idea where to even start. And sadly, there's literally like no limited resources online. And there's maybe like two YouTube videos that are like three minutes long that describe the process. Is that Um, that right? Yeah. Like people asked me before, before we started creating content around it, they're like, where do you go to learn this? I was like, honestly, I can't tell you. Like I'll send you these two videos and that's all I got. Like there just wasn't anything out there. And so we saw a need for it and we saw a market and we, uh, it's funny, you know, I I think it goes to, uh, you know, if you, if you talk about it, if you, if you put the word out, if you market something, then, then people will come. Uh, and so we really, I started announcing that we had this coaching program last October. I was, uh, first time I did was on the bigger pockets podcast. So a little funny story. We, uh, we, well, you had, you had a little bit of a, you know, listener group there, right? I mean, that podcast hits a lot, hits a lot of people. So that was probably a wise choice. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's why I was like, I was like, you know what, I'm going to mention it on this podcast. We didn't actually have it built out. We, we had the plan to build it, but we hadn't even built a website for it yet. And, uh, and so I mentioned it, it was like, I think it was like the 18th. It was like this day, one year ago, I mentioned it on the recording. Well, then they didn't air it until like November 4th or something. And so like three weeks later, like in that three weeks, I'm like, all right, team, we need a website like now, like even just something to grab people's emails and put them on a wait list. And so we had basically just an intake form and after bigger pockets aired. And it was funny cause we were, we had a couple minutes before the podcast started and, and I asked them, I was like, how big is your guys audience? They said, Oh, we, you know, we typically get like half a million people listen to each episode. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was like, I didn't realize all those people are going to be listening. I was like, okay, I got to step up my game. But, uh, but yeah, it went off without a hitch. It was an amazing episode. Um, and, and I mentioned the coaching program. I was like, if go to our website, you know, you'll see our coaching program. And so we, we put a link to it on our Holiday Ventures website. And, and we had like, I think like four or 5,000 people look at the website um, within like the first week. 
and we had wow. over 200 people sign up for our for our intake form. And of those, we we picked about 25 people uh, to join our first round of of coaching. And it's it's been a it's been a whirlwind. We we just hosted all or probably three quarters of them could make it uh, out to our house here in Nashville. And we just had a weekend, three day weekend of masterminding, talking about deals, talking about deal flow. We brought in brokers. We brought in other developers, other consultants. We toured brand new construction affordable across the city. We toured some of my sites we're working on. And, uh, and it was just a great, great event. It, it really showed like, you know, within the matter of nine months, what our uh, students were able to accomplish. And some of them have already won grants, already won awards, uh, already put land under contract, working through the design and development process. Uh, one, of our, um, one of our clients, she, she's just crushing it. She just got a $400,000 grant they're putting out grant money for uh, female developers to get into affordable housing. And so she literally within, you know, six months of being in the program, got a grant for $400,000. It's just seed money. There's no, you know, doesn't have to pay it back. It's all a grant. That is amazing. So you, where do you live? Uh, Nashville. Nashville. And so your development is, is typically in Nashville or surrounding that surrounding area or what markets are you focused on? Yeah. For the most part right now, uh, we've just been overloaded with demand Nashville and middle Tennessee. So surrounding markets, but we've done, we closed a deal earlier this year in uh, Huntsville and, and also Louisville. So, you know, when I think of this mastermind, it's like, all right, you, you're busy in your market but now, not only can you make money from, you know, coaching other people, but it, you're able to take your knowledge and now, you know, provide that seed into people across the country. So I, I don't know where these people came from, the 25 that, yeah. that you know, apart. But now you wouldn't have been doing that if you didn't do that mastermind, if you didn't yeah. do that, you know, mentoring program. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, that's what gets me most excited about is, you know, not, not the income. It's more like the, the tribe that we're building around affordable housing and people that are impact driven developers and investors. Uh, not only that, but also we're providing, um, basically really providing more affordable housing across the market by providing our education. And that's a big part of our goal. Like we, our BHAG at Holiday Ventures is a hundred thousand units either preserved or created of affordable workforce housing. You know, that's a big goal that I, you know, I don't even know if we can do that just internally. We need partners. We need other people, you know, planting the seed. Uh, and, and lastly, really, we've gained a few partners out of it. We've gained partners uh, on deals and team members joining Holiday Ventures. Um, so it's really been just a, a phenomenal experience. We were, we were unsure if we wanted to do it again, but now we're like, yes, we a thousand percent need to do this again. Uh, because there's huge demand for it. And, and I think it brings tremendous value. That's, that's awesome. Well, I applaud you for, for doing that. I mean, look, every little thing that you layer on is an unknown and it's more work. Yeah. And, <laughs> but then when you see that you can touch other people and help other people and there's that ripple effect, um, yeah. you know, one of it is, is, yeah, there's a financial benefit, but then two is just being a human being and like, feeling good that you're able to help somebody else. I mean, that's huge. So, um, you know, I'm going to give it a quick shout out when you, you know, when we talked about your podcast, 
you you had pointed me to a book um, by Carson Jones called Subscribe, Rate, and Review. And if um, if you're a listener out there and you ever thought about you know maybe doing a podcast, um, that was a great book and a great recommendation. And so I read that book and it, it just pointed out all the different facets of you know starting a podcast. And it doesn't have to be real estate related; it could be you know anything. Um, and uh, talk about you starting the podcast, why'd you start it? You know, what kind of, what was your why and um, what benefits have you seen since you started your podcast? Yeah. Yeah. I think kind of like we did with the coaching program, uh, we did a little bit of, you know, fake it till you make it type of thing built, you know, you market it before you build it. Um, And it really monumental started for me, gosh, coming up on four years now. And, uh, and really I, I met, this amazing rock star venture capitalist guy from New York. And, uh, and he was in Louisville where I lived at the time. And I, and I just met him in passing and I was like, man, what could I do? You're just, wa- you're just walking down the street, met him in passing, <laughs> just walk, walking down the street. Next thing you know, you're talking about <laughs> podcasting. I think yeah. it was something different than that. Yeah, it was uh, it was a startup weekend. Uh, if you guys know startup weekends, amazing event. It's 72 hours, like Friday to Sunday of basically you get into little groups and you, you legit start a business in three days. Uh, and, and even just for the exercise alone and the networking, it's one of the best experiences. Like I haven't done it in like four or five years, but now I'm like, all right, I really want to get back into it. But I couldn't, I couldn't attend the event that weekend because I had a wedding, but I knew he was going to be there. And so I was like, all right, some of my friends are going to be there. This guy's going to be there. Let me stop by and, and introduce myself. But then I was thinking about, it, I was like, as I'm walking in, I'm like, what, what can I tell this guy to continue the conversation? Like, why would he ever want to talk to a real estate guy? And then I thought about, it, I was like, you know what? People love being on podcasts. People love talking about what they're working on. So let me talk. Let me, let me tell him I have a podcast. And, uh, and so I did, I was super nervous, but I just told him, I was like, Hey, I have a podcast where I interview, uh, you know, leaders like yourself. I'd love to have you on. And immediately he's like, yeah, sure. Here's my cell phone. And, you know, just give me a call. Let's set it up. And, you know, four weeks later, those four weeks, I was like furiously like looking up, like looking up John Lee Dumas and, and, um, smart passive income, like all those guys learning everything about podcasting I possibly could and how to interview people. I was practicing on my buddy, practicing on my girlfriend at the time. And, uh, I was so nervous that entire day I did that first interview, but it went off without a hitch and, and you know, the rest is history. I think we've done over 200 plus episodes now. I, I, I forgot what number we're on now. Fantastic. So, um, you had told me when, when I got done with the interview that it opened a bunch of doors for you. And, um, so kind of talk about what does what does that mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think the, the really interesting thing about podcasting is it gives you instant credibility. Um, in, in any conversation, any connection, uh, any, any room, honestly, you know, think about a big part of what we do is building rapport and building relationships. Well, building credibility instantly moves you up the ladder of rapport and trust building so much right. more quickly than you could on just a natural through natural conversation and relationship building. So it just exponentially moves you up the kind of the ladder of relationship building and that's what I realized when I was, you know, basically 
one after the other, you know, you progressively get better and better guests and more, more uh, guests with big clout and big following and, and just amazing thought leaders in their space. So uh, one time, so a little story on how we got um, Elena Cardone, Grant Cardone's wife. Nice. Uh, so we, and, and this goes back to being creative um, and persistent. So one year we went to uh, 10X Growth Con. I think this was like 2017 or 2018 in Vegas. Um, and I knew they were both, both Grant and Elena are from Louisiana. They both love anything Louisiana. Um, and so I, I sent them king cakes. I sent them two king cakes uh, right before, because they, they do the event in February. It's like perfect timing. I'll send them the king cakes. And maybe that will be a great segue when I meet them in person at the event. Well, I didn't end up meeting them in person because there's 10,000 people there. And I, and I right. totally <laughs> underestimated that fact. I was like, oh, sure, I'll just meet them in the hallway. It's like, no, that's not how it works. Um, but you learn. And so the next year I did it again. And, uh, and same thing, but I, but I put in the message that we sent to them. Uh, I sent them like authentic king cakes from New Orleans and I put the, like, I put at Evan Holiday and at Jeanette LaMotta, uh, my wife now. And so we said they were from, you know, they inspire us and, and the cakes are from us. They tagged us on social media when they shared it on their story. And basically I used that tag and she said, thank you so much. And then I used that to basically say, hey, I'd love to have you on my show. I'd love to do it in person. Uh, and then, you know, literally a month later, I'm flying down to Miami to basically record in their studio, got to meet Grant, got to meet Ryan, got to meet Jared, their whole team, um, and spend an hour and a half with Elena. And it was a phenomenal episode. But it, the funny thing is, um, going back to how it builds credibility so quickly, uh, I was on the way, I was in the airport, and I, and I saw, uh, I don't know if you know, Coach Michael Burt, but mm -hmm. he was actually a, a speaker at 10X GrowthCon the year prior. And um, so very highly regarded coach, um, just a rock star guy. And he was in the airport and I went up to him, introduced myself. I was hoping to get him on the podcast. And, uh, and before I could even ask him, he's like, oh, you know, I asked him where he's going. He said he's going to Florida. Long story short, I'm like, well, I'm going to Florida. He's like, what are you going for? I said, well, I'm going to interview Elena Cardone. You know the Card Cardones really well. And he's like, yeah, they're great friends. He's like, he's like well, can, can I get on the podcast? And I was like, well, yeah, actually, I was going to ask you. You kind of beat me to it. And uh, within like two minutes, he had like a group text with his assistant and it's like, hey, let's set up a, an interview with Coach Michael Burt. And from there, you know, I've become good friends with Coach Michael Burt. I've become good friends with a bunch of the different uh, podcast guests. And it's amazing just how, you know, sitting down with somebody for an hour can build a, an actual legitimate relationship out of it that you can do deals I've had deals sourced. We're about to close a $65 million development deal that wouldn't have happened had I not had the podcast. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I, I think that, that those are amazing stories and I've had similar, not to maybe to the level that you had, but um, you know, one, one thing is weird is that, you know, you have all these like superstar guests. Um, I, I focus on, on syndicators um, and some of them are, even though they're a rock star, they're like, they admire the fact that I've talked to all these other people that they haven't necessarily talked to. And, um, you know, a couple deals have come out of it, partnerships. Um, one deal, 
it wasn't a, it wasn't a deal deal, but um, you know, one guy just said in passing, Hey, I've got this ranch. Um, and I'm like, Oh, my son, you know, he wants to have a ranch. He's like, come down and we'll go shooting and we'll, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'll take you up on that. And he, and he, you know, we, we, we finished the conversation. We started looking at our calendars. Next thing you know, three, four weeks, you know, we, we were there. My son thought I was a rock star, awesome. you know, for bringing him. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of great things can, can happen. And, um, and learning from each and every one of these people that you wouldn't have had a chance to talk to, um, without having that platform. So that, that's awesome. Um, Hey, what would be your advice to, you know, let's break it up into, into two different categories. One is the passive investor. So somebody's listening, they've never invested in a syndication before, but they want, they want to, they have all their money in the stock market. Um, how would they get involved? And then we'll come back to, you know, how do you get your first deal as a syndicator? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, I would say the best way to, to get involved from a passive standpoint is really, you know, listening to podcasts like yourself. I think getting educated in the space, there's so much free education out there um, these days. I, I think that's that's where you got to start is um, reading books around multifamily syndication and listening to podcasts, listening to Darren's podcast, listening to other uh, great syndicators and, and reading great books. I mean, um, Joe Fairless is one of the first ones that I always recommend from a syndication standpoint. Um, it's funny, my, to give you an actual anecdote, my dad has never been in real estate before. You know, I've been in it 10 plus years, but he always kind of saw that as my thing. Well, recently, you know, over the years I've been, you know, um, preaching all the benefits of, of owning commercial real estate. Sure. And then eventually he's like, he's like, you know what? He's like, he's like, I want to, I want to invest in a deal. And, but I think it took him cause he's very, he's a cautious investor. So it took right. him lots of education. He read lots of books. He read Tax-Free Wealth. He read Joe Fairless's book. He listened to podcasts like mine, like yours, and got that education. And now, you know, he still feels like he's not educated enough, but he, he has taken that action, uh, invested in a couple of syndications now, and really enjoyed the pride. Now he's like, now he's the preaching the, the, the greatness other people. of commercial real estate. Yeah. So I think it just, it's honestly education. And surrounding yourself, going to conferences, that's a great way to learn and meet people that are already doing it that can gladly share information and, and help you get into it. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I look back and my first syndication that I invested in passively, look, I had the, the capital. It wasn't like I was completely stretched, but I was still scared to do it, man. I was like, this is the first yeah. time doing something like this. And it's not like buying, you know, $5,000 worth of stock that you could sell tomorrow. It's, you know, 50,000 or 75,000 or a hundred thousand and, and wiring it to somebody and, um, not having a, you know, executable order right online. And it's, it's, you know, having to read, you know, documents and sign multiple documents. It's a different process. And just like anything, you do for the first time, it's a little scary. Yeah. Um, but when you meet other people that have made money and they talk about, hey, I've done this. I know I was there. I was scared too. I did it. I took action. Um, and here are my returns. You know, I mean, I, I invested in one deal that I was a KP on. I invested like a hundred grand three and a half years ago and 
it went full cycle this year and I got my hundred grand back plus maybe 110 or 115 grand. Like that, that was not my experience in the stock market, you know, putting my money in IRAs and ETFs and stocks. Yeah, it, it went up, but not to the point that I've seen in real estate. So um, get educated. You know, when we talk about education, I think that would break it down to first pick your market, you know? So if you want to be in Nashville, you know, you want to be listening to Evan, you know? Um, if you want to be into another market, pick that market, find out what syndicators are strong in that market and then get to know them, you know, get to know them by either podcasts or books or, you know, reaching out to them and getting on the phone with them. Um, you know, get to know the, the people. Once you know the people, then it's the deal, you know, so find out the market, the people, and then the deal. Yep. Yeah, I love that. I think I think the people are very, very important. You have to resonate with them. You have to get along with them. You have to understand and agree with their theories and their point of view and their their model of the world. Like, how do they see the world? How do they how do they see investment strategy? And do you resonate with that? Uh, and then do their deals make sense at the end of the day? Yeah, because you know everybody talks about no like and trust, but you know what? People are people. And you go into a room and you sit with 10 people and some people you just get along with and you, and you click with, and they are kind of like your tribe. And, and then other people, you know, they could be very successful, but there's just something about them that just doesn't resonate with you. Well, pick the people that you're, you resonate with, um, that have a good track record. And because you could be married to that deal for three, five, seven years, you know, you just don't know. Um, so you want to be, you want to trust that they, they have your, your interests at heart. Hey, um, talk about like pushing boundaries, learning, like, you know, what it's funny because a lot of people talk about syndication, what, you know, getting your first deal, getting your first deal. And then, then what I've, I thought like, okay, when you get your first deal, it's kind of done, but it's not, it's like whenever you reach a goal, it's like, okay, well, what's the next yeah. one that I don't what's know next? how to do that I have to stretch. And I'm like, oh man, I got to Like, it's a starting a podcast. I had no idea how to start a podcast and like, oh, how do I do this? You know? And then the next thing and the next thing, and you're, you know, you're doing the mentorship program. You didn't know how to do that. And, and yeah. you went and did it and, and you found huge rewards from it, um, both financially and, and also just personally. Um, so how do you continue to push that boundary? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I think, I think honestly, for me, I think it's reminding yourself first off, your highest and best self, like the version of yourself that you strive to be uh, and, and the version of yourself maybe in the future. Like how would the experienced version of Darren or the experienced version of Evan, how would they handle this situation and how would they handle it well? And in what steps would they need to take to actually get it done and make it a success? Um, and I think we all have self-doubt. We all have self-doubt talk in our head. Uh, we all hear these voices in our head um, that tell us that we can't do it or it's too big, it's too scary, it's too daunting, I don't have time. 
uh, I don't have the network, the relationships, whatever, like, you know, I'm not capable. I'm not, I'm not worthy. You know, we have all these self-doubt things. So I think remembering to remove yourself sometimes out of your own head uh, and take a minute to think about, say, okay, what is the, what could the best version of Evan do in this situation? What would they do? Um, you know, what would Evan do? And I ask myself that, um, not, not always literally, but I, but I remind myself, say, hey, you know, don't worry. You've overcome issues in the past. You've overcome adversity in the past. You've always like, and I think that's part of it too. Like looking back to where you came from is a huge part of it. Like you said earlier, like my coaching program, like I was going to be happy if we got like five to eight people. I was going to be ecstatic if we got 10 and we ended up getting 25 and I never could have in a million years imagined that that was possible. Um, but it happened. And, and now I'm looking at, it, I was like, okay, now we've done 25. Now what can we do next year? You know, right. how can we partner with these people and, you know, how can we make an even bigger and better event? How can we bring in more speakers? You know, I think, I think just always remembering that you are capable of anything uh, and the highest and best version of yourself is capable of anything. And so remembering to pull yourself out of the self-talk or the, self, the negative self-talk um, and remember that you are worthy and you are capable. Um, I think that's, that's honestly what's helped me at the end of the day. That's, that's massive. And you know what I think for the listeners is great to hear too, is that here's somebody super successful. I mean, you know, you're a young guy, successful podcast, mentorship program, doing development deals, you know, um, a leader in your space, thought leader. And you talk about having self-doubt. Like, I think that there's listeners that think that they're the only ones that have self-doubt. Like, but when I interview all kinds of different people, I'm like, you know, were you scared? You know, were you afraid the deal you were paying too much? Were you, you know, were you afraid the deal was going to go bad? The economy is going to bad. And over and over and over again, I hear, yeah, I, you know, I haven't done a deal where I'm not nervous. Um, but, you know, I think to myself, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like, am I actually going to die? You know, will I die yeah. if this thing goes, goes sideways? Um, and then what are the mitigating factors, you know, that I can try to control the risk? And then what's the upside? And like, how likely is that? And that, if that's so much better than, um, yeah, I'm going to move forward, even though I don't have 100% yeah. of the information. And those people that can do that, take action, even though they don't have all the information, those are the people that tend to, you know, propel forward. Um, the other thing that you said, which I think is important, is look back in your past when you were scared. And it could be even a minor little thing. And think about where you took action. I mean, it could be as simple as I told my kids when they were growing up, hey, first day of school, you're walking by somebody or you sit down next to somebody, look at that person and smile and say hi. That person is just as scared as you are. Like, and they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're afraid. But if you smile and say hi, it all of a sudden releases their tension and they say hi and they smile back, you know? And it's like, but everybody is waiting for the other person to do it first. Yeah. It's fun. It's funny. Um, hey, what, what's the uh, next big stretch goal for, for Evan? Uh, I think 2022, 
So we're starting to plan for 2022, planning the, the, um, the seeds now and planning the groundwork now for 2022. And really the, the two biggest things, um, really three biggest things that are, that are kind of my scary daunting goals is we really want to, we've, we've built a system and a structure that work to, to basically source and close, um, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars a year in affordable housing development projects. And so we want to really take that to scale. And so big things to, we need to be are, more than hundreds of millions. You want to do a billion? Yeah. I mean, our, our goal, our short-term goal is to really get, to, um, to get to five deals closed per year. And then within a couple of years after that, get to about 10 deals closed a year. That'd be on the development side. And then we're also starting a um, more focused acquisition group. So awesome. um, we have big, crazy goals. And so I think the three biggest things I'm now working on are team building. How can we grow our team at scale and bring in people that have that experience and that, that grit and that know-how? Uh, and then capital. How can we you know, pour gasoline on the fire? And then lastly is how can we align mentorships you know, with people that next level of mentor, like we talked about earlier, like getting out of my comfort zone and asking people that are, you know, 10, 15 steps ahead of me and say, Hey, I want to, I want to learn from you. How can I, how can I best learn from you? Um, That's right. It never stops. Right. I mean, look, look, you can sit there and say, I never thought I would be here at 31 and then just sit back. But most successful entrepreneurs don't do that. They like get there and they're like, all right, what's next? Like, how do I propel forward? So that's, that's (laughs) awesome. Hey, what do you like to do outside of work? Uh, love hiking, hanging out with family, traveling all throughout the country and the world. Um, and mountain biking. Those are usually my go-tos. Awesome. Awesome. Um, somebody wants to reach out and, get to know you better, get to know your program better. What's the best way for them to, to learn more about you? Yeah, it's uh, www.evanholiday.com. Uh, it's holiday H O L L A D A Y. And uh, that's got links to all of our websites. If you want to look at impact investing with us on deals or interested in our coaching program or our podcast. Fantastic. Well, Evan, I appreciate one, all the, like I got to, give you props because you definitely helped me, you know, get uncomfortable and start a podcast myself. So, so let let you know that, that, (laughs) you know, that feedback, it gave me a little shove. So thank you very much for that. Um, I've met so many great people because of it and, and I'm very thankful. Um, I listeners, I hope that you enjoyed that one. Evan's a great guy. If you're looking to invest in, in the Nashville market, or want to get to know more about affordable housing, he is the guy to go to. Um, if you go to a multifamily conference and you see him, make sure that you you <laughs> run up to him and you get to know him because he's a good guy. I um, hope you enjoyed that one. Until next week, signing off. Thank you for listening to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show at darrenbatchelder.com. If you liked the episode, please provide us with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. If you already provided us with a five-star review, then thank you. And please share the show with a friend.